right, welcome back to Drop a Jew with Malika. Today I have Jamar James, entrepreneur and master lifestyle trader of DCG. Welcome, Jamar. Thank you for being here today. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm uh, happy to be here, and it's uh, it's a glorious day right now. <laughs> yes, it is. With so much going on in the world, I am so happy we are here. We are healthy, and we got a lot to talk about today, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. A uh, lot to share. <laughs> yeah, we we had a brief introductory call the other day, and I almost felt like that was an episode, right? <laughs> yeah, that was an awesome call. I mean, we had so much synergy, and uh, you know, wanting to have the same impact and impact people positively. That's what it's about. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So today I want to get started by introducing you to our audience and just reintroducing you to the world. I'm sure you're pretty known <laughs> already, right? I've done my research, but I want to reintroduce you to my audience in the world. And can you tell us who is Jamar James? Man, Jamar James is, you know, a um, yeah, that's a hard question. You know, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm a father. I take a lot of pride in being a father of uh, two daughters. Um, you know, uh, I grew up in the Bay Area and uh, from a single family household. My mom was a, uh, you know, a lot of people in, in the Bay Area is blue collar workers, you know, post postmaster, post office. Mm -hmm. uh, dad, he, he was a trucker, but I never seen him. And, you know, growing up across the Bay Area, you know, being in Oakland and going to, going to school in San Francisco, I used to go past the financial district and there was no one I could, you know, connect with mm -hmm. uh, in my family that could give me, you know, insight on what they're doing over across the bridge. So mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a curious guy that always wanted more. Um, you know, I, I don't, I've always felt abundance. That was always my energy, no matter how much, you know, struggle right. we had. I felt like, uh, <laughs> So you were just kind of born like just like that. You just always had that abundance energy, huh? I just always felt lucky. I mean, I, I think you know, <laughs> from from your family point of view, when they call you, you know, special, and you tell a kid that they're special, they believe That's right. it. That's right. You know? And so I've always been told I was special and I was going to make it out, and um, you know, I, I never had a reason not to believe it. That's wow! Wow, that's beautiful, yeah. Jamar. Lucky you may be, but I don't think everything was luck, right? Um, can you tell us a little bit about more about the Jamar, right? Because, yeah. like, even though there's some luck and there's some, like, you consider yourself special, your family, your, everyone saw something in you. Sometimes maybe we can't even see in ourselves, right? But how did you get to become this entrepreneur, right? Was it luck? Yeah. That brought well, you to become this successful entrepreneur? I mean, you know, growing up, if, if you feel lucky, right, if it's the mindset, and I'm big on mindset, but if you feel you're special and you feel you're lucky and you start to believe it, and when and when things happen or you put yourself in positions in a scenario and you have a little bit of success, you know, you start believing, believing that. And I think that's a right. big part of where we connected is that, you know, belief is a, is, you know, I believe all people are special. You know, everybody is unique and everyone has, you know, inside of them, they have something that makes them special uh -huh. and you have to pull it out. And I was just blessed to be in a family that we didn't have much, but we had each other and yeah. those words of encouragement. So uh -huh. I took in, you know, I, you know, I was blessed to be able to go to school in San Francisco, growing up in Oakland and in a school district that, you know, pretty much didn't even have books uh, when I was coming up. And so I was shipped across to the to the Bay, to the San Francisco, 
uh, went to school there. Um, you know, I was I was put in school early uh, because you know childcare was expensive. So instead of going yeah. to childcare, my mom just put me in school early. Ah, how can do that? Wait, because I was trying to figure that out for my boys, but they already they all set now. But how can you do that? I don't want to say because we're on a podcast, but my mom committed some fraud <laughs> and changed my birth certificate. She put some white she out figured on it. it out. Let's just say mom figured it out. Mom gonna figure it out. All right, I got she it. figured I got it out, right? <laughs> From Oakland, and it's like you got to do what you got to do. That's right. And, um, That's right. You know, I was I was actually, you know, um, so so I had extra work because I I was in speech class as a kid. You know, I was one of the kids that got put out of the classroom. They didn't know that I wasn't as old, so they gave me special attention. Ah. I got to read faster. I got to uh, get extra help on math, and I wow. ended up, you know, going through my entire, you know, school in, in gifted classes, right? Wow. Because I actually just got extra help, and I was in wow. programs, um, you know, which it put me in a situation of some of the situations is for your growth. Yeah, and you know, being being put in school early, it just put me on a special path in school. Where I got That's extra right. help, I got extra homework, I got extra uh, classes after school, special programs for disadvantaged right. students. Right. So, 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 Jamar, you're already dropping like a whole bunch of jewels before we even got there. But I think this is, first of all, thank you for honoring being that father, you know, and and putting that that imagery out there because, like I told you before, this show we want to shift those narratives about people that look like you and I, right? right? So so I love that. That father first. I'm here, I'm a father. But secondly, you know, um you're giving back to your roots and recognize where you come from and being true to that, but also recognizing like, hey, what mom had to do to get you right. to where you're at. So paying homage to mom, right? That's really important things to all the moms out there. Yeah, but 100%. more so but more so, one thing that really stuck out to me that you already said, we didn't even get into all the things that you're doing just yet, but just like the mindset, the way you talk to yourself, the way people have always talked to you, telling you that you were special, something special about him, telling you that you were lucky, you started to believe those things. And right. you know, I, you know, I'm a therapist and social worker <laughs> and stuff, so right? So, so you know, I'm already, I, I tuned into what you said, but that's one of the biggest things that I talk to people about is the way they talk to themselves, their children, but also yeah. the way they're talked to, right? Because literally that that is an energy. And I think you've already started to talk about energy, but our words are energy. There's a it's vibration amazing. connected with everything. Sometimes when people call themselves certain type of names, like the B word, I'm like, oh, sis, chill with that. Because right. I said there's a certain energy connected with that word, it's a certain vibration connected with that word. Just like there is with negative words, there's a vibration connected with positive words. Right. And like you said, just from a child, you started to believe that. So I just wanted to put that out there because I don't want that to be overlooked, what you just said, of how powerful, because we're going to get to you and your yeah. story and what you're doing, but how just from the childhood, those right. key words of knowing you are special. And by the way, I want to tell you this. I've always felt like that my my whole childhood, right? right. Um, since I was a, a young child. My dad is, and my mom have always taught me about um, identity, knowing who you are. And right. as, a, as a black woman, as anyone in the United States, you don't went through some stuff. But if you always have something to come back to, it's your identity, then you're right. kind of resilient. This guy asked me the other day, how are you so resilient? How do you do all the things that you do? 
And I'm looking at him like, this is normal stuff to me. But to him, it was like, I was superwoman. And, but I had to go back to what you just said. The way I was talked to as a child right. shaped my reality and it shaped yours. So I just, I didn't want to overlook that because that was a, drew, a jewel right there. And the name oh, yeah, of the show is yeah, Drop And, you know, before we talk about the financial and other things I've done, you know, the, the big, the big thing is why, right? You know, I had this pressure as a kid too, that I was being told I was special. So I never yeah. wanted to let my family down. Right. They, yeah. they told me that I was going to be the one that, that do these great things. Mm-hmm. And so that kept me on the straight and narrow as well, because it's like, you know, they all believed in me so much that it made me believe in myself. Wow. Right. That's, and that, that's a lot. Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm just, oof. And, and, and that is the you know, that's why it's so important for me to be a good father first. And I know as being a good father, I need resources. And so, you know, the family unit is the most important part of our community that, you know, gets broken down. And this is one of the reasons I'm so passionate about helping guys financially, guys and girls and mothers and, and fathers, because if I can help them, I know we can we can break generational curses, right? That's you know, right. they have the resources to do it. That's right. So it's really, the passion is really bringing families together and bringing functional, functional relationships back together because that is where we break down. You know, right. family unit is broken down and, and you don't hear those words and you hear someone complaining all the time about how bad things are, you know, then you start believing. How, how can you be so positive in a negative environment? That's right. That's right. Wow. I love that. Breaking, just kind of coming back to the family unit itself. And I don't think people realize how sacred the family unit is, because if the family is together um, and there's like all this healthy, vibrant energy within the family, that translates to the community, right? That it's translates love. to your pockets. That translates right. to all that thing. I mean, so, we, we talked about, you know, the love that floats around. Then you can love what you do. You can love other people. You can love, you know, being around each other. And then you can love working together and, and being a family, you know. But if you're always in anxiety and stressed out and, and, and you have these negative feelings, it's hard to, you know, have that, frequency or it's hard to develop rapport you know the communication breaks down yeah because you're, you're on two different frequencies one person's stressed about money and somebody's stressed about the job you know okay. it's hard to give your kid the love when these different stressors is changing your frequency right absolutely you just dropped the, you just dropped the jewel <laughs> right there so i hope folks are already hearing that and, and paying attention to what you just said but, you know, that is absolutely true. And what you said, there's a lot of science behind what you said, too. If people don't believe you, <laughs> there's so many studies and science right. to kind of prove what you just said. Um, so I've, I've talked about some of those things on my other podcast. I'm not going to get into all that. But absolutely, what you just said was correct. And um, sometimes people say, well, I don't believe it. Well, the science proves it then, okay? If you don't believe that, then <laughs> listen, pay attention right. to the science. But all right. So now you're from Oakland, right? Oakland, California, born born and raised. <laughs> okay, okay. And so being born and raised in Oakland, California, can you give us a glimpse of what that was like if you were always considered the lucky one or the special one or the one that had all this pressure on you? What was that like growing up in Oakland? It's just, um, you know, I mean, I, I think kids are naturally good, uh-huh. you know, and and love is, is a powerful emotion and feeling. And when you feel love, you know, you reciprocate that. And, you know, I, I was, you know, you have to adjust to your environment. And so when I walk out the house, 
And, you know, I have a relative, an uncle, and a, a, um, an auntie, a cousin. They all on drugs, right? But we still see that they're still loved. You know, you uh, feel bad for them. And, and it kind of is like, hey, you don't want to turn out like your auntie or your uncle. But nobody in the family did not love them. They just knew they had a drug problem, right? Right. And then you go see all your other friends, and they going through the same situations. But their, their kid, their, 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 you know, they're worried about rent. They're worried about this. You start feeling grateful that, you know, hey, I don't have to worry about that. Hey, I have a pair of shoes. You know, yeah. I don't have to wear the same shoes I wore last year. And then you start feeling like, man, I'm gratitude. Right. And so the gratitude of, you know, I had a best friend that we were at 13. And, you know, my family was able to give me money. We wanted to buy the Adidas jackets and the Adidas hats and the shoes. And, you know, he decided to sell drugs. And he didn't want to let his family, his dad, know that he was selling. So when the police came, he swallowed it. And 13 oh. year old, he died. He was my best friend. And so, you know, wow. he swallowed the, the drugs because he didn't want his parents to find out what he was doing. And that was another thing. It's like, you wow. know, the disgrace of the family, you know, of not being able to, to you know, wanting to make your family proud. And yeah. so that also stuck, stuck with me as well is, you know, my, my grandfather used to tell me like, hey, I don't care what you do. Just don't use drugs. Right. And in my whole environment, Oakland, was the place where the government, you know, put crack. You know, that's where they put it first to get rid of the Black Panthers. That's so right. it was always a a desire to stay, you know, one out of jail and, and two, stay away from the pitfalls of the environment. That's and my right. family, I've seen them sacrifice and give me everything they can to keep me away from it. Wow. Well, you sure are the lucky one because like, to make it out. And come back and give back. Because a lot of people, sometimes they do make it out, but they don't think about coming back and giving back and kind of saying, how can I, you know, break that cycle? So, you know, it's unfortunate that we, ha we have yeah. to grow up seeing these things in our communities. But it's even more fortunate when we can say, you know what, I like to break that pattern. And what can I do? Because I am someone who, who did make oh. it out, but not just make it out, but come back. And let me tell you the flip side to that, because, uh, you know, my mom was, you know, in the Black Panthers and, and you know, grandfather was a teamster. They told me when I make it out, don't come back. They told me, bring all your family and get them out of there. You know, and it's like I moved wow. my mom out. I moved my sister out. They said that this didn't, it didn't belong to us. This neighborhood, you know, it was a project. It was something yeah. that they encapsulate. We had more police circling us and more crime. How do you have more police and more crime in the same area? That's right. right. So they right. Told that's, me, that's a design, right? It's literally designed to, it's it was, doing exactly what it was designed to do. It was that's designed right. to do that. So when people take ownership of a hood or, or inner city and say you have to come back home, when it's like, no, you need to bring your people out of there because it is a trap. It is. It is, it is not designed for you to succeed in that environment. That's right. The schooling is not the best. The education, the, the amount of jobs there are not the best. Like, what is the best there? Yeah. Besides, we have each other, and if we love each other, we take each other out of there, And but we can't leave because we don't have the financial resources. Yeah, and that's what we're about to get into, those resources. The resources. And you are absolutely right. Before we get to resources, I just want to ask you one question. How was it like growing up around the Panthers or, or seeing some of the Black Panthers or having some of that closeness? Because, you know, I look around now, I have, I'm fortunate to have some, some good models in my community, and and my family, but I feel sometimes for the youth because they don't really have a lot of that organization and community and models like that. But I just want to know, 
real quick, you know, that's my real quick question. Like, how was that like growing up with the Black Panthers around and seeing that imagery? And I mean, it was, our, it was a gift and curse because I grew up in the in in a crack age where you have all these old guys that are telling you the stories, but then you look at their situation, you look at them on drugs, or you look at you know people that's older and they're trying to they trying to teach the youth. You know, and they're doing drugs. You know, we came. You know, to to be honest, I came from an environment where, you know, we use crackhead and all these dopeheme, and we use these negative derogatory. So we kind of missed out on the history. Um, you know, wow. Huey Newton got shot right in front of my, you know, uh, my auntie house, and mm. it's like we know the kids that that did it, and they don't understand the history and the impact that they had in the history because the community was so distress wow but yeah, as i got older yeah, i can go back and i talk to him and it's like this was a vision this was a plan and then they tell me that you know you know what resources we would have had it but they had so much other you know it was a war and you know the infighting right the, the, the different the different groups that was lobbying for control or or an affront it was it was really should have been by enemies necessary so you just you you get to learn of, of one how wicked the system is. And yeah. You also get to learn like, you know, how did that happen? Uh-huh. Right? And, right. And that's why I say that when you're in the inner city and everybody's fighting over the resources, right? They they're fighting over what you have, you're fighting over scraps. You don't have enough. That's right. And okay. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that thank you for giving us that, you know, vision. Well, not vision, but that picture of what, that imagery of what that was like, and also the experience. Um, I want to ask you this: as a social worker, as someone who's always, you know, trying to help people and look for resources, resources is the biggest issue for most people. A lot of people come to me for depression, and anxiety, but most of the time, their issues can be dealt with if they had resources, they had finances, they had um, more access, and just more. Um, financial wealth and knowledge and literacy. So I think what I what's a little different from what me and some other social workers I know and people in this field and behavioral health field, I like to address financial literacy. Um, right. That's part of my assessment, my whole assessment, my comprehensive assessment is not only am I asking you about your family history and your presenting problems, but I'm asking you about your financial literacy, right? What, what, how are you getting income? What are your hopes and desires and your dreams and your visions? What are you good at? You know, um, you know, are you able to pay your bills? And if not, and if so, what is your plans? Or if you can, or can't. So I'm, I'm really doing an assessment around those things when I meet with folks. Right. And I also, you know, as a social worker, we're not taught that. I remember when I was in school, we were taught, hey, you're going to save the world, but you're going to be broke. And I was like, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> Slavery's over, right? Right. <laughs> like, right? But I was, I, I just couldn't take, I could say, hey, I would like to help people, but I couldn't take on that narrative because our people have been through enough oppression. We've given enough up. Ain't no way I'm going to work for free. So, right. but I also think it is my due diligence to give back to the community, to give to people. That's a gift that I have. So I want to talk to you about resources and how right. you became an entrepreneur and what you're doing with your entrepreneur. Because you got some, some brilliant stuff going on here and you have a right. whole mindset program that you know, I think can shift a lot of people's lives just by, you know, having this conversation that we're having today. Right. So, you know, a big part, like you asked me about the Black Panthers and what was in the neighborhood. Well, I joined the Marine Corps. And, okay. you know, one thing that's bigger than resources is environment. 
because mm-hmm. you actually, you know, you adapt to your environment. We humans, right? You put me in the desert, I learn how to survive in the desert. You put me in the the, the mountains, I learn how to survive there. You put me in a place where, you know, family and God, you know, is taught to to the Marines and and there's an integrity and honesty and you know, take care of your family type mentality, right? The environment kind of impacts, you know, the way that we are able to thrive or survive. You know, I, I tell my I tell my people that, you know, my friends I first had when I was growing up, it was out of survival. We needed uh-huh. each other, right? I couldn't go to the store by myself, but we I needed them. Uh-huh. But as you get older, you know, now I can pick my friends on, hey, can we thrive together? Can we can we actually do more? Wait, say that one more time. Say that one. Hold on. You say your right? friends, you needed them to survive together. I want you to Initially, say it one more time. Right? When, when you're growing up and you grow up in an environment, you have friends out of survival, right? Your friends are based on survival and association and closeness of, hey, right. we're going to grow up together. Right. And at some point, you know, as you get older, now I don't need friends for survival. I need them to thrive. Right. Right. So I get to pick my friends to thrive with. My first, my first set of friends, my day ones, they were my survival friends. We survived together, right? And now at some point you need to say, hey, where can I go to thrive? Mm-hmm. And that required me to leave my neighborhood. It required me to leave that area because I didn't know what was possible, right? It's almost like, you know, if you're all surrounded by guys just trying to survive, who's going to teach you how to th- thrive? Yeah, yeah. Right? And and yeah. so even having the financial resources, if you give it to a millionaire, if if you win a lotto, most eighty percent of lotto winners end up broke in two to three years because that's true. They still, they still didn't know how to thrive with the money. That's right. Right. That's right. So so the financial well, geez, literacy is important. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's important, but you know, for my for my motto was it was like my goal was to come back to Oakland, open up a nonprofit, teach financial literacy. Help guys get money so they wouldn't have to sell drugs like my best friend did and and, and die or go to jail. And then I had a, a mentor. I had a, a business coach. I had uh-huh. other Marines that it, it kind of like gave me guidance. That's and it right. was like, you know, no matter how much money you take in the neighborhood, people are still trying to s- survive. Uh-huh. Right. And, and you become, you know, a target. I mean, like uh-huh. you, you can build all the biggest, nicest things you want, but people are still in survival mode. That's right. And after they leave your place of what you built, you know, of course, you have some people that's going to break in. Some people are going to do this. You you know, it's better for you to bring them outside your neighborhood and, and give yeah. them opportunity. That's right. right. Now they can feed their family. And so uh, my thing was the environment, learning from other men, people that, you know, like I said, I grew up in a house that my aunties, my uncles, my cousins, they were all alcoholics or crackheads or dope beings. Yeah. So the re- the respect wasn't like, hey, this guy's gonna really tell me this story and teach me this, but I see you selling the TV on the corner. You know, it's like, right, right. like from my point, from my experience, it's like I needed a different environment and and, and guys I could respect to learn from. Uh-huh. And, you know, I still loved my my relatives, but I actually listened more to people who I didn't know. Yeah. Right. I listened more to people that I seen and I said, hey, you know what? They have a a good family. They they have money. They have a nice car, and they didn't sell any drugs. They doing something a little different. <laughs> they doing something different, right? And mm-hmm. and they're not working as hard as my mom, right? Mm-hmm. My mom would leave to work at six o'clock in the morning and come back at six o'clock, seven o'clock at night. And yeah. so, really, how much time did I spend with my mom? And I had parents, or I had a parent, 
I spent most of the time with my grandfather because he worked from three, got off at like 10 o'clock. So I spent yeah. from three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon to seven, eight o'clock with him until my mom was able to pick me up. So you know really, what I want to say? Oh, yeah. sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, I, I want to say this before I forget this thought too, not to cut you off, but you, you mentioned something like the people you didn't know, right? right. Like you learn from them. And I think that's interesting because I, as you were saying that, I was thinking about sometimes, like, you know how you said about the survival, like right. the day ones are the ones you learn how to survive with, but that the day ones can be also your family. And sometimes even in family situations, you're trying to thrive or, or do better, but family be like, mm. you know, they give you that face. Mm. Yeah. But it'd be a stranger or someone you don't know who will give you more insight sometimes. And I'm just like, it just blows me away sometimes when I see stuff like that, because when you need help with something or you're trying to work on this vision or you have this bright idea, you'll tell it to family. I, I hear these stories all the time and people are always shut down, shut down, shut down. People don't understand, though, your, your family members, they're in survival mode as well. And so That's right. you have the answers. Right. And they think that you're going to make it out. They don't believe in themselves a lot of times. So how are they going to believe in you when when they've seen you grow up? Right, they see you in the same. So if you make it, it's kind of like, well, why? How did they not make it? You in the same environment, right? Wow. So they're, they're yeah. all surviving together. Now you're trying to get out of survival mode, but the family, your family, is not going to be the ones that help you get out of survival mode. That mindset that we're talking about, right? Because yeah, I mean, it's like the same thing with my family. I say, hey, you know, I've seen you do drugs, so you know, you you messed up in your life. You did something that, like, I can't really really believe that you're going to help me right because i have to you have to have belief you gotta have belief that hey this that's why people pay for mentors and get a business coach outside their family yeah. they believe that that person is going to help them whether whether he's good or not or right. she's or not they're professional and you're going to give them more grace than you would give someone that you've seen fail wow you're absolutely right. Okay. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just had to, right. I just had to chime in on that one. I, so, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a, I think that's a big, it's missed in our community of, it's not that they don't want to support us. It's that they are been in survival mode and they don't have a belief in themselves. How are they going to believe in you? Like, you know, uh -huh. I mean, a lot of times it doesn't happen. Yeah. And the same yeah, thing that, they want to start a business. Yeah. You know, most of our people are first generation business owners. So, of course, their first business is going to fail. And we see mo most of our people, their first business fail. So then you say, hey, everybody that's trying to start a business, I know they failed. I'm not giving you the money. <laughs> right, right, right. And you know, it's funny, too, in the way you said that. A lot of times when I meet with people in um, with, like, with relationship issues, sometimes they have these high expectations for their partner. Like, why is he, he or she doing this? And they need to be doing this. And, I, and I'm like... Can I ask you a question? A lot of times, I tell you, it never feels. I say, can you do those things that you asking your partner to do? And they'd be like, no. I don't like, so you don't even believe, you You don't even want to do it, but you expect someone else to do it. So, you know, or you don't even believe that, you believe this person should be doing something that you can't even do for yourself or would do for that person. So I just thought that was an interesting dynamic of how people um, don't believe in, you know, what they choose to believe in or what they don't believe in. And um, I just thought I was thinking about relationships and how that same mindset is in a lot of relationships that I see that work when people that have expectations for people, other people that they don't even have, for, they, they wouldn't even they do themselves. Themselves. Right. Yeah. And, and I just thought about that. That's because you can't compete with someone's imagination. <laughs> come on, come on, wait a minute. Right. Wait a minute. Wait, say that again. Cause that's going to be a meme or something. You can't, you can't compete, compete with, with someone's imagination. 
right? What's that mean? Tell they, us what that means. They visualize something in their mind that this is how the world should be and this is how relationships should be. This is how a business should be. But they haven't lived, they haven't lived it, right? It's their imagination, right? Wow. The same thing. Everybody wants to be a business owner until they say, hey, I haven't made no money in seven months and I'm still, I'm still hustling. I'm still going. I'm still trying, mm-hmm. right? They need to hear that story of, no, he wasn't an overnight success. He was a 23-hour worker for two years. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right, right. For you sure, got the Facebook sure. highlight. You didn't, yeah. get the, you didn't get the entire story. Yeah, yeah the whole, you didn't get the whole story. You only got the meme, right? So, all right. So let's get right into this um, resources to, to your right. um, entrepreneurial mindset. What, right. Tell us more about what you're doing, how you got to this point. Um, and you can describe it because I think mm-hmm. what you're doing is a phenomenon almost. So it's kind of hard for me right. to put it in words. It's not so, hard, but like I said, it's like a phenomenon. So I like yeah. you to discuss that. So, so when I when I went to Marine Corps, you know, I got assigned to a unit, and I got surrounded by other gentlemen and men and, and women that were higher than me. And you know, I learned more from being hands on, right? Yeah. And, and they told me, here's the rules. Here's how we operate. And I went through leadership and management classes. You know, I took courses. I went to college while I was in the Marines. Um, you know, and while I was in, I had guys say, hey, you need to buy a property. You need to buy real estate. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I was influenced to buy real estate and start investing as a, as a young man. And then I was able to pay for my college. And I got into computers, uh, computer science. Uh-huh. I got an IT job. And uh-huh. I got an IT job. And I got there. And, and they were going through this transition. And the older guys told me, like, hey, you become a dinosaur here. You don't want to stay here. You want to be a consultant. You mm. want to go to each place and learn and you'll get paid as you move around, but don't stay anywhere longer than seven months because technology change. And it's mm. more if you keep moving around. And so I took that advice and I moved around. I was still buying property. And um, I got into uh, Prime America, which was like an MLM because I wanted to know finances. Mm. Uh, I wanted to you know, mutual funds and, and stocks. I was always interested in that. And I was like, here's my opportunity to to, to learn it. Uh-huh. I went through and they wanted me to market and, and sell to others. And I was like, no, I want to do it for myself. Like I can't sell anything that I'm not doing myself. So I, I bought real uh-huh. estate. I had an IT consulting company. And then I started getting into the stocks. Uh-huh. Um, I, I basically moved to Arizona and I got a mentor. And he's like, you know, I actually was getting properties he was going to the courthouse buying auctions and, and properties. And he was like, how are you getting these foreclosures? I was actually oh. walking and door knocking and, and knocking. And then people liked me because it was authentic. And I was a young young man uh-huh. you know, meeting people. And he couldn't get some of the houses I, I can get. He was like, well, hey, can I buy these houses? I was like, I was like, no, nah, I had a deal you can you can buy from me. Or, you know, can I learn from you? Can I pay you to mentor me? Ah, right? so, yeah, okay. More... And it starts. <laughs> and he said, no. He's oh. like, I'm not going to mentor my competition. <laughs> right. And so like, he's like, I'm not going to mentor my competition. I want to know how you're getting those properties. And it was like, it's relationship based. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I was able to make relationships where, you know, I was getting guys before they went into foreclosure. And so we kept going back and there was deals. He was like, the only way I would mentor you, if you gave me 50% of everything you make. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> yeah and, and at that point, I was at 250, 300,000 a year. And I was like, you know, I need, I have, there's information I don't know. 
right? And I never had someone show me. Did you do it? I did it. Okay, you yeah. took that leap. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, his name was Dave Keller, and the guy had a stroke, and half his face was uh numb, and he had been through life, but he he basically gave me a lot of hands-on training and let me and and follow him and shadow him, and we did deals together. And you know, that first year with him, I made like a million dollars, but he oh. got five hundred thousand. <laughs> okay, but that's okay. So because yeah, you were making yeah. you were making up to three hundred K that year about, right? I was by and myself three hundred. By yourself. But right. so even by yourself, even giving him half, you still went up. It went up. It yeah. went up. But you know, some of the things I learned was, you know, life lessons. I mean, you know, I mean just in the lifestyle area of, you know, the the fine dining, the drinking wine, you mm-hmm. know, what was golf for. Because one of the things that we don't have, right, when we, we when I was taught to work, you work hard. Well, what happens when you work hard? It takes up all your time, uh-huh. right? And so for you to be a doctor, he works hard, right? And he gets paid a lot. But it's his time. So as a doctor, you, you know the difference in the McDonald's employee because your same eight hours is the same as a doctor. He just gets paid more. Uh-huh. So when you have your time, you can go play golf. You can go eat at a fine wine. You know, it could be a guy that's making fifty million there. It could be a guy that's making two hundred million. You had an opportunity with your time. Wow. So if you want to really build wealth, you got to have time. You got to have so, time. Got to right. have time, people. You got to have time. Okay. So we would, you know, take a day. We would take a day and just knock on every door in the neighborhood, and he would do it with me, and we would knock on the door. And the goal was just to build relationships, not to sell him anything or anything, because. You know, the goal was that it's relation. You know, money is a, a a relationship business, and people do business with who they like. So That's right. that was one That's of the right. valuable lessons I learned is, you know, one being authentic and real. And so he's like, I was. So he gave me an assignment. He's like, your your goal is just to get in a person's house and let have them invite you in. And I was like, well, damn, like, I'm a black guy. I'm gonna go on a regular block and just knock on people's door, and they gonna let me in. Yeah, and after right, my right. Third house. I figured it out. It was like okay. when I walked in and says, "Hey, um, I'm I'm being mentored," and my my mentor told me that I had to, you know, find a way to get in your house. Yeah, I, I told them the story. They would let me in because the story was I was being real. You know, yeah, the authenticity, right? Authenticity. Right. And so right. it's like, oh, that's why you're here at the door. That's like, you know, but if I try to make up a story, yeah, right, people can see right through that. They're like, uh-uh, they close that door. <laughs> right. So that's the gem for everybody who's watching is that. You know, whatever you're doing in life, if you're authentic and real and, and show passion, it will get you a lot further. Because if not, right. you know, right. the, the truth, the truth is the truth. Yeah. Right. And no one can argue with that. Yeah. And, and that is so those are some of the lessons. And at the end of the year, I says, hey, you know, we've been doing this. You made all this money off of me. I want to renegotiate. He was like, my time is my time. <laughs> and I don't negotiate my time. We can be partners and we can do 50 50 deals, but if I'm going to mentor you, this is my price 50% wow. we make, or we can do partners and I have my time back. Yeah. Right. And, and so that was the, you know, that was a, another model. So, I mean, that's how I learned through others. Yeah. And so I was actually trading, you know, I, I learned how to trade. I worked for a few friends. I had a, you know, a computer science degree. I was able to work at 
um, funds and, and prop firms, and I was able to see their high frequency trade machines. And so I got insight by taking a job, right? Yeah. You know, and it's like I, I took a job and I realized that, okay, I, th- this works different than what we're told. Like, this is not a regular stock trading. Like, you know, yeah. they, they buy at certain levels, you, you, they use math, they reset, recalibrate their machines. Right, so right. I started trading and I started making money. Um, and then people on Facebook, they knew me from the real estate world. But when I started buying crypto in 2015 and 16, I started seeing the prop guys go over and they're trading. And they're like, hey, they're buying Bitcoin. I thought it was just something to trade, like gold, oil. Okay. I didn't realize the community and the the technology that was involved until I got involved. And I was like, this is bigger than just a asset to trade. Right. So as I'm trading and making money in crypto 2016, 17 come, people that had groups and they were trying to teach crypto, they were trying to teach people how to trade. They were like, well, we get we're getting our people into crypto, but they don't we don't really know how to trade. And so they said okay, what's yeah. trading? Like what if you not to cut you off again, but what is trading? If you had to like explain it in this way, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes people get kind of like right. confused with like trading and stocks and all so, those different things. So if you're in a hood, trading <laughs> is going to find a bucket <laughs> that you bought for five hundred. Wait, hold on, hold on, wait. Start all over. If you're in the hood, go ahead. Sorry. If you're in the hood, you buy low, sell high. You go find an asset that people want in that neighborhood. Yeah. Whether you could be a junk man, you can pick up cans. You go find it. You get it for the low price, and then you go and you sell it for the higher price. Okay, got it. That is a trade. And bartering has been around since the beginning of time. It was in the Bible, right? Or or mm-hmm. even before the Bible. People, <laughs> humans have always bartered and traded. Okay. Right? Thank and you. so I like to say that, you know, slaves don't trade. They get traded. Right? Oh. Trade. Free people trade their, their time for money. They trade items for, you know, they, they know the value. So when it comes to the stock market, we buy things low and we sell it high. Or if it comes to investments or real estate, you buy low, you sell high. That's a trade. Wow. That, that's the, the easiest, best definition I've ever heard in my life on trading. I like how you said, if you're in the hood, because like sometimes people is trying to figure it out. And, you know, I like the, the plain talk sometimes. Sometimes when you're talking about things, it needs to be in a plainest talk sometimes. Plain so simple. It's like simple. Yeah. People complicated to make themselves sound important. <laughs> We're just buying things low and selling it high. Whether That's it's right. like crypto, stocks, options, oil, whatever. You're just yeah. buying low, selling high. That's right. Okay. We got it. Buying <laughs> low, selling high. All right. Got it. <laughs> All right. And it needs to have demand. So I teach guys that volume and price matters more than anything else. Mm. Right? Somebody can tell you this is worth a lot, but if you can't resell it, it's not worth what you pay for it. But if it's a lot of demand for it, then you have plenty of people that want to buy it. So that's the same thing with crypto. It goes up and down Bitcoin. Mm. Right? And there's, you know, it's sold all around the world. It's a global currency. Mm -hmm. It's no different than a peso, a yen. Uh, a ruble, you know, uh, a currency in a different country, right? You can have a peso in America, but people want dollars. You can mm-hmm. have a ruble here, and they're like, and I, we we dealing dollars. So okay. you can a currency exchange. Yeah. Exchange my Bitcoin for dollars, and it's the same as exchanging my yen or pesos for dollars. So it's a, it's just a currency. Most currencies are are ran by governments. 
If I'm in Mexico, they use the peso. If I'm in Japan, they use the yen. Right. Crypt Bitcoin is borderless. There's no country that owns it. Uh. For the people. So people can buy crypto or Bitcoin and they uh -huh. can resell it globally. Okay. Uh-huh. That is wow, what, this is powerful. Yes. Yeah, so so you know when people say, Oh, I don't want that money, or I don't want that. It's like if you went to Mexico and you had ten thousand dollars in pesos, when you got to America, all you would do is go to an exchange or airport and be like, Hey, I need to get dollars. Right, right. You want you want to trade it, right? You want to trade it. You're gonna trade yeah. it for dollars, you're gonna exchange it. Okay. So that's the same thing. So if people don't want to trade crypto or Bitcoin, they can trade Amazon, they can trade Facebook. They can trade Nike. They can trade McDonald's. They can trade the stock. All the things that they're eating and wearing that they know people demand, right? Everything. So my wife loves to go to Starbucks. I tell her, like, let me make money on Starbucks and then I'll put that in your account. I'll <laughs> trade it, buy it low, sell it high. We get the difference. And now you can go load that money on your rewards. Right. <laughs> I love that. Starbucks I paid for that. Starbucks. Right, right, right. So, all right. So now we have this definition of what trading is, what it looks like, how it works. And I also like how you put like, you know, slaves get traded, right? And we're trying to shift that mindset, right? right. Um, and, and so let's talk more about your program and right. what you're let's doing. Let's talk about slaves real quick. Okay, let's talk about slaves then. Let's go. <laughs> so when you go to work, you're trading your time, mm -hmm. right? You're trading your time, especially if you don't love your job, right? right? So when you give your time to someone, you actually give them your life. Mm. Because no matter how much money you have, no matter you know what materials you have, whether I make a dollar an hour or ten million dollars an hour, it's the same hour. Yeah, and that's what makes us equal in the world. Right. So you know your kid, whether you work at McDonald's or are you a doctor, if you only spend one hour a day with him, he only gets one hour. Right. And yeah. part of yeah. part of the thing that the reason I like trading. Is I can make two thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand in an hour, two hours. You're, you're trading your time, and the time freedom is what a lot of people don't have to make their to make their quality of life better. But if you are able to make the same amount of money that you can make in a week, you can make it in a day, right? It gives you so many more options to to follow your passion, to to work with, you, to love your kids, to to That's make right. your life better. It increases your quality of life, which you know, a, a wealthy person, after you buy all the material things you ever wanted, the, what makes you equal is you still have the same amount of time. No matter what That's he right. does, he's going to die the same way that we're going to die. But time is so important, right? You can't get that back. And even as a professional, like, they try to burn us out all the time with, like, overload of paperwork and, and all the things you've got to kind of guidelines. And, you know, I just want to help people. I don't want to sign up for all that and take away from my life. So, a lot right. of people don't realize, as a therapist or social worker, sometimes you're, you're seeing your clients. People think that's it. You go home. No, that's not it. You got all this paperwork and guidelines and trainings and things that you got to do. And more recently, like I do such a blessing and, and a friend, like I found some technology and ways to kind of really help, like free up my time, right? right? So I can have more time with my family, have more time with my kids, because you cannot get that back, and it's so valuable. And so I, I, so I feel not saying I'm on a slave mentality, but you feel less like you're a slave because you're not work like 
you, the job should be working for you. You shouldn't be working for the job, right? Like your income, whether you're, wherever you're getting that income from, I feel like should not overtake and overpower you. Like right. when you're, like your parents were always constantly working, right? So there was the quality of life shifts when someone's right. always working. They don't have that time to go meet up and, and yeah. network with millionaires at the golf club and things like that because right. it's constant work. And, and they never had a mindset shift. Right, because yeah. in their environment, everybody worked in their environment. Everybody, you know, like for me, you know, I was just in St. Louis this weekend. You're, a lot of your friends can't travel unless you get a new environment, right? Because everybody's at work. So, you know, the 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 working aspect is that you owe yourself abundance. You owe yourself, like, it's 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 it's, it's a blessing to be a social worker, but you shouldn't feel that you don't have time. Right? Yeah, that's you right. Should, you should have time and you should be able to do the things you love and help the people you love to help. And right. this, is, this is what our environment is about is that, you know, what other, like my mom worked for the post office for 35 years. She never even had an opportunity. We had to wait for tax returns to get a big chunk of money. Or she had to have a good Christmas where people put money into the envelopes for her delivering mail for us to have a big chunk. Other, otherwise, it was paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Right. And we live paycheck to paycheck her entire 35 years, mostly. So how much freedom do you really have? Even though you have yeah. a good job and you're working, you're not really free. So when we talk about right. slaves. Right. Right. And, and you, you say you owe yourself abundance. You owe yourself abundance. God. Right. You believe in God. You know, they, they put you here to create and grow. But if you stay in the same place for 35 years or you never have the resources to even change it. How are you going to how are you going to grow? That's right. Right. That's right. And, and this is this is what our environment is about. It is really about the freedom and it's about family. And, you know, we just realize that the resources in, in trading can get us that a lot faster after we learn the skill and we can yeah. use it for the rest of our lives. Like when I picture my future self, I don't picture myself working at Walmart or Home Depot on a retirement, getting a check. I picture myself somewhere on an island with my phone still able to make two or three thousand dollars in a day. Right. And your phone could be your office while you're on that yacht. <laughs> well, I'm anywhere. So that is, you know, that is you're not you're not trading for the day. You're not learning it for the day. You're learning it for your future self. You're learning it for your kids. Right. You're learning. You have to have a bigger why. So the reason I do what I do is for my family. But also I wanted to have friends that I can leverage them. So they said, man, what's your hustle? Why teach other people? It's like I'm data mining because now if I teach 100 people, now I got 200 eyeballs in the market. I got 400 wow. ears, right? And now they're bringing me deals where I don't have to look for them as much because right. what are we trying to do? Buy low, sell high. Right. And now I have a bunch of smart people in a mastermind environment that is sharing information and making wow. it We all can win at the same time. That's right. Wow. We all can make money, right? Wow. And we all have the same mindset. So now my my environment in this mastermind, people are not trying to work all weekend. They're not trying <laughs> to trade all week, every day, eight hours a day. Right. They can make their money in 30 minutes an hour and be like, hey, I'm done for the week. Right. That's right. That's right. right. Well, tell us how we can do that. <laughs> like, So how can someone who feels like, okay, like times are tough right now. For many people right now, they're struggling to pay, like paycheck to pay, like not even paycheck to paycheck, but like. A lot of people are struggling right now to pay their bills, 
or, you know, um, even with two or three jobs, people are struggling. So if someone says, yes, I'd like to start trading, but I just can't seem to get out of, you know, get enough money to do it. What would you say to somebody like that? I'm going to ask them how they invested in themselves. How have you ever invested in yourself? Right. You know, um, you know, for me, I, I tell guys, you know, it's a mindset, even losing weight or eating healthy. That's an investment. It doesn't cost anything. So right. it's a mindset shift is that if you want it, it is available. Like you can come in and trading. There's we have programs where someone will fund your account. They'll put money in your account if you know how to trade. But you have to invest in learning how to trade. And oh. that's where they come in our environment. And it's like, well, you know, maybe you don't make money the first month. Maybe it is about just learning which you don't know. And so that's the mastermind environment. It is that it's an investment in yourself. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to commit to? Because people want the money, but they don't want to learn. And so we have three stages. The fundamentals is first. You got to know your basic, how the market works, which we teach. Second, it is strategy. How do I trade money? How do I protect it? And then third is the lifestyle. Most people that get into the trading environment, they've been sold the lifestyle. Yeah. Hey, you actually have to learn what you're doing because this is your money that you're going to put at risk. Right. Right. We don't don't want you to lose money in the beginning. We want you to learn the fundamentals. And if they're struggling and they don't have time to learn, they don't have an hour a day. I don't have time for all that. Those people who say, I don't have time for all that, but but can't figure out how to make money. 35 years and you get a plaque in a newspaper article like my mom. Thank you for your 35 years of service. (laughs) Wow. you go on COVID and they say, hey, you know what? I know you only have two years to retire, but we're going to have to let you go year 17. Yeah. So you're taking a risk no matter what. And it's like if your dreams, if you're not investing in your dreams and your goals outside of your day job or yeah. not in, investing in chunks of how, you know, buying a house is, is how a lot of people preserve wealth, right? They buy a house and they're able to loan against it or they pass it down to their family. Um, you know. Otherwise, they don't have a way to get big chunks of money. Right. Trading is a is a an investment where you can actually make money on a daily basis with us. I mean, that that is kind of our goal. We start today before you make a thousand or being sold to make five thousand a day. Your goal is fifty dollars, a hundred bucks. Because if you made fifty dollars a day for for a month, you just made a thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. That's low. You right. know, most most people are two to five hundred. Which you know, five hundred a day, five days a week is ten thousand extra a month. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. So with time, if people took a little time to invest in themselves, because I see people spending money on like, you know, I, I tell a lot of my clients, just family, even myself, I say, right. yo, they say, oh, I'm struggling. I said, can I ask you a question? Tell me how many subscriptions you got this month. Go in your account and tell me how many subscriptions right. you got that you're not even using. And most of the time, people end up finding that cash that they've been giving out every month to subscriptions right. that they're never even using. And the right. average, I find, is $150. Right. And I'm saying, you're so broke, but you have $150 to give away every month to something you're not even using. Right. And with trading, could someone use that money? Like, that? how low could someone start to trade, I mean, right? Like. I mean, my my program. I have a free program, and then we have a trade school that's three hundred a month, and okay. then we have a mastermind that's five hundred a month. Okay. So I don't target, you know, people that are struggling, because to me, you have a 
you need to generate income. Yeah. Right? And so they need to make extra money. They need to make money, right? It's like the 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 goal is that you need to invest, whether it's school or trade school. You need you need to make money to say, hey, I want out of this situation, right? Yeah. And if I don't convince them that, hey, you have to figure out where your money's at. Which, like, if you're not doing it, nobody's <laughs> gonna motivate you to get to, to break free, right? Right. What, That's what, true. What slave master has motivated a slave to break out of this the slave house? Right. Right. If you're not willing right. to run and get your leg cut off, you're not. They're trying, they trying to create more slaves. They're trying to create better slaves, right? Better slaves, right? So, you know, that's this opposite. I'm about freedom and independence. And, you know, nobody's going to give it to you. That's nobody's right. going to give you freedom. Nobody's going to come. Nobody's not going to kick you down your door and, and get you off the couch and say, hey, you need to come invest in this program. <laughs> nobody's going to do that. They're going to say, hey, right, you, right. You stay there. Right. So, you know, for me, it is really giving them an environment that, hey, now you see real people. They're making real money. You know, we had a guy make 200000 last week in one day. hundred thousand wow. in one day. Like, where else? Like, you know, some people don't even believe it's real. Yeah. But then when you see them and you're rubbing elbows, like the same way when people go to the golf course, and I see these guys got their own jets and everything like that. Most of us are not in that environment to even rub shoulders. Right? Yeah. Because we're trying to be on eight hours on the golf course at nine o'clock on a Monday morning playing around the golf. Yeah. Right. So you never rub into people that even have that. Right. So the yeah. environment is important because now it inspires you like, damn, he just made a hundred thousand in a day. And I'm talking to him on the chat or I'm seeing him on zoom. Right. But now it becomes real that this, this, this guy, just like me. <laughs> right. And as you were saying, I was wondering what the guy did that, that, you know, who, who got the 200000 I'm like, he got that in a day. How did he spend the rest of his week? I was just picturing that just briefly. Like, what was his, the rest of his week like? Oh, he 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 was in the market again the next day because he said he made a meal this month. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right? So, for sure. so, like, it's it's a passion that, hey, you know, this is what we, we love doing it as well, right? Yeah. You can't force someone to do something over and over again if they don't love it. That's right. So, so that's, when, be a passion that's when lifestyle with becomes. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think, I know we're getting close to time, but I want to ask you this. How do you think, so what are the three different programs you have? What is the difference between each program that right. you have? So one is the seven day challenge is the free program. It is just designed to get people started. It's, um, it is a course I, I created in seven steps where they can follow and then they can ask questions, but I don't give them, uh, it's not a live class with me. Right. Mm -hmm. In our trade school, we have live classes five days a week. Okay. And, and there we interact. And then in the mastermind, it is where all, you know, my successful traders, new traders, we're all working together in the same group. So there's three levels. But, you know, you get a lot of people say, hey, man, can you, can you just help me? I give them the seven day challenge. And it's like, hey, here's a whole entire course. But you have to, it's self, self paced. You can do it at your right. own, own pace own thing and then when you want more you want to actually be involved and you want someone's time and, and you want to be in the class and around other guys that are a little bit more serious they're, yeah. they're investing themselves then you come into our trade school and yeah well i'm gonna get the mastermind program i want to get there but i guess i gotta start <laughs> i gotta start somewhere right but yeah, i'm already yeah. thinking <laughs> so trade school is, is where i recommend everyone starts because we, we you have guidance on how to get set up and every everything else the seven-day challenge, you can do it all yourself, but it teaches you one aspect. The thing is that 
you can go get everything on YouTube, Google. You can get all everybody get free information now. But That's what right. you need is clarity, and you need to be able to ask questions, and you need to be able to That's walk right. through and get feedback. Because right. if you're doing something and the first time something abnormal happens, and then you're confused, you're never going to have clarity. Yeah, right. It's like um, that's like kind of that mentorship, like Mr. Keller gave you, right? right? That mentorship was so valuable, right? So, like you said, anyone can go on Google or YouTube and learn some something, right? We can learn a lot, but we need that guidance. We need that mentorship right. a lot of times, especially in this field. Most, um, people, most people that learn on their own, it takes them ten times more, right? Um, they they got it for free, but they just burn time. Yeah, you don't pay for information. You pay for cultivation and speed. Yeah, wow, this is amazing. You right? don't pay for information. You pay for cultivation and speed. Cultivation and speed. I mean, because you can get the information for free, but how long would it take you? Right, right, absolutely. You know, outside of trading, you need to like come up with your own like like <laughs> sayings and like put them all on sweaters. And I think you do really good with that too. <laughs> I think you'll do very well in that area. Actually, um, I do have a book. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Se- Secrets of the Money Mind Connection. Yes. Okay, let's go. The se- yeah. Wait, put that up one more time because I, I need us to get that. The Secrets of the, of the Money Mind Connection. All right. So, so where can we get that book? Uh, on Amazon. On okay. Amazon. Go to moneymindconnection.com. Okay. Perfect. And I'll definitely put that in for our viewers. Um, how many books do you have? Hold on. How many you got? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one I, I, I made because, you know, we normally trade, but I help people with the, the mindset, the money mindset. Sometimes the obstacles is the money. Okay. Right? People yes. don't want it. They don't want to invest. They, they never invest it. They think they're going to lose money when they're losing time. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's the difference between wealthy and and rich, right? Right. Wealthy people make their money work for them. Yeah. Rich people make other people work for them. Oh my goodness! See, here's another shirt. Here's another sweater. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, Jamar. I know we're, we're. I don't want to take all your time because I know how valuable this hour is, and I so do appreciate you being here today. This message that you're sending to our audience and listeners is so truly valuable. I mean. Like just all throughout this whole hour, we just dropped several jewels in. If people can't pick up on that, I don't know what to tell you. But um, I want to ask you, before we end today, um, and we're going to do a part two, and maybe I'm going to come out to Cali to DCG Mindset Mastermind Group and just, you know, and of course we can work together. But I want to ask you, if you had to drop another jewel, because you dropped several today, you know, the point of this show is dropping jewels, right? Drop a jewel with Malika. Before we leave today, what would you say is the jewel you want to drop? I mean, you know, invest in your future self, right? The things that you do today, right, is really for tomorrow. And so you have to, you know, live in your life of how you want your future self. If you can do one thing, write yourself a letter and picture yourself 10 years from now. Write yourself mm. Wow. Okay. Write that letter. Write, write, write that letter. letter. From, from yourself 10 years from the day. Wow. What advice would you give yourself? 
Yeah. Did, did you ever do that for yourself? Because you seem to, like, you wrote a few letters or something. But did you do do that I'm, before? I'm always, we, we do a morning mindset call where I'm always, you know, manifesting and talking to myself. Right? Because as a trader, if I give you advice, right, it's external. Mm. You can get your best answers from yourself. That's right. Right? You're going to have to trust yourself at some point and say, hey, you know right. what? I have it within. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the end of the day, I can I can help guys make money. I can point them through. I can give them direction. What happens when I'm not there? Right. Right. Wow. Write that letter. People got to write that letter to their self and their future self and invest in their future self. Wow. This has been a beautiful show. I'm like, I'm so <laughs> amped up. I think I was like, I this man is dynamic. What you're doing is great. But like I said, phenomenal, right? But more so like the history, I just, I'm thinking about, it's like, there's no limit. There's no ceiling, right? It's this money mindset thing is, is, is so powerful. And I think it's well needed in our community and just well needed for anyone who wants to invest in themselves and invest in their future. Yeah. And I I think you don't have to chase money. You know, you attract it. So, you know, like the, the person that needs to hear this message will hear it. Right. I don't have to. You know, bang down their door. You know, the, the person that needs the message and, and wants to hear it, he'll hear it. That's why I'm here. Um, you know, and it's the same thing. Like, we don't have to do anything extra for it. Right. Like, be real and authentic and, and put our desires out there. Put our wants out there. You know, like, what are we attracting in our life? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jamar, your family was right. You are the lucky one. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> they were right. They were right. But, um, wow, this is amazing. So. Tomorrow, we're going to end the show right now, but I really do appreciate you coming on the show today. And I know we're going to go, we're going to do a part two, right? Yeah, we do a part two, part three, part four. Okay. You know, the person I need to hear this, we hear, and I look forward to working with, you know, anyone. And, and if you've never been a part of a mastermind, um, you know, part of a, you know, a tribe of people that, that want more out of life and want freedom and, and want to take care of their family, you know, of course, everybody wants the money. We all about right. that, but we have right. a bigger why than just the money. Right. And how can people follow you or get in contact with you or the program? So on Facebook, I'm on Jamar James. Uh, my website is jamarjames.com. If you want to schedule a, a call with me, it is at jamarjames.io. I love right. this. Yeah, make it. All right. I stand behind everything I do. And I like everyone who's listening and watching. Make sure you subscribe and tune in because we have more of Jamar James. We have more episodes to come.